Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No, there is no done for you solution. The solution is you got to get the work. A lot of people struggle with this. So many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it. And then there's a select few that actually do it. And so what we work with our clients through is getting to that point of being that select few where they can actually execute on the plans that they have. The plans aren't rocket science, right? We all know what to do. If you want to improve in an area, you continue to practice in that area. You continue to develop yourself in that area. And as you're putting those hours in, as you're putting that time in, you begin to improve. You know what to do. But a lot of people need support in the how and execution. Thanks all for tuning in to Dreamcatchers, where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life's work to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dreams. Are you ready? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dream Catchers podcast. I'm your host, Jerome, and my long lost friend has come back to the Dream Catchers <laughs> podcast. It's been about two years since we had him. Dr. James Bryant's in the house. Let's bring him in with a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Let's bring him in with a round of applause. Hey, what's going on? How is everyone doing? How are you doing, my friend? I'm amazing, man. It's just good to see you. Good to be in the same space as you, man. No, this is great. I can't believe that it's been two years since the last time I've been on the podcast. Well, that's what happens when you get busy, man. You've been all over the place. I mean, I feel like we got to reintroduce you to the audience. Like, who are you? What you been doing? I mean, things have changed a lot since the last time you jumped on with me. I mean, first of all, my name is Dr. James Bryant, and I am here to help you succeed both in business and in life. You know, one of the things that I've always talked about is being able to have success both in your personal life and your professional life. And over the past year and a half, I've really taken a deep dive into not only creating that kind of life for me, but also for my clients and people that I interact with. So that's really where I've been. I've been in that space. Mm. James went in the cave, y'all. He's coming out now. I see some stuff popping up, new websites. I see all kinds of stuff happening. So you're going to help me succeed in business and in life. Yes. So are we talking about work-life balance thing? Like, what are we actually talking about when you say that? 
Yeah, I mean, part of it is work-life balance, work-life integration, whichever way it's framed that will work for you. But typically we talk about work-life balance in how a lot of people don't believe that you can have success, like in both. So some people will say you can't have balance, right? And so I get people that are saying uh, you can't really have balance. Balance is something fictitious. But what you can have is success in both. So even if you don't think you can have balance, I'm here to tell you that you can have success. So what does that mean? That means that you can make sure that you're winning at work and you're winning at home because I refuse to believe that you can't do both. Wow. So a lot of men in particular say, hey, you know, I can either be a great father or I can be a breadwinner. And I'm actually running to more and more ladies who are having mommy guilt because they're going to work. And they may be the breadwinner in their household and they aren't spending as much time with their kids as they would like. And so you're saying that we don't have to choose. No, I think you can have both. So what we've laid out just recently is the engineer's blueprint for balanced life. And we talk about a four-step process in which you can achieve that balanced life. And the balanced life is defined as having success both in business and in life, being able to do those things that are important to you. So those four steps, step number one, focusing on what matters most to you, right? Step number two, you want to visualize the balanced life that you want. Step number three, plan, design a plan. You have to design a plan so that you can achieve what you're looking for, what you visualize. And number four is execute. You absolutely have to execute on what you've designed. It's not rocket science, but what it is, it is a path to guide you from the life that you have to the life that you want. Whoa. Okay. So let me get it straight. Why do we need to decide what matters most? Why can't we just go start taking action? You know, we walk people through this process, right? So if I asked you what matters most to you, you're typically going to come up with the quote unquote right answers. Oh, my faith or my spirituality my family, you know, the relationships that I have, my business, continuing to generate profits, all of those things may come to mind. But what we ask clients to do then is to open up your calendar. Let's look at how you actually spend your time because I believe that our most valuable resource is our time. So when you begin to look at your calendar, how does it compare And with the things that you said were important, those things that you said were really mattering most to you, how does it, your calendar compare? And another thing that we walk clients through is go, hey, find some close family and friends and say to them, hey, I was asked this question. Here are the things that I said matters most to me. Does my life line up with what I said? And I think it's important because you'll begin to see the gaps. So... What if they say no? What if who says no? The people that you ask. Like, what if they say, nah, that's not a priority for you? That's great because then that provides an opportunity for you to grow, right? Because we all have blind spots. Sometimes I think I'm great at something and I may ask my wife, hey, baby, you know, I'm great. No, uh, you're not. And a lot of us have blind spots. A lot of us think that we're great communicators. Guess what? We're not. A lot of people think they have a great sense of humor. Guess what? Nope, not a great sense of humor either. So it's really 
looking at those areas where you can find people to be honest with you. And you know what I call this. It's the better you for you patented mirror moment process where you have to look at yourself for who you are, not who you project to be. Mirror moments. Here we go. Okay. So there's you looking yourself in the mirror, but are you saying that the folks around us are mirrors as well? Yeah. Our life is a mirror. Our life is a reflection of who we really are. So if you really want to know who you are, look at your life, look at what you have, because that is, if you think about that our lives or our situation is an accumulation of the decisions and the habits that we have in our life, then look around you and you will see who you are. But what if I don't like what's around me? And if you don't like it, that means that's an opportunity for you to change. There's often things that I see in life that I don't like. I've talked about this in the past. You know this very well. You know, over a year ago, I was probably 330, 350 pounds. I'm looking around, not liking what I see, right? I look in the mirror and I'm seeing somebody that is not a reflection of who I say that I am. I'm a healthy person. I am a prosperous person. I'm going to do all of this and I'm going to do that. And I had to look myself in the mirror and say, okay, well, your actions have to line up with who you say you're going to be. And that was a hard call for me, but I've continued to do that. I've continued to look at myself. I've continued to embody those habits, getting up in the morning, working out, looking at what I'm eating so that I can be the healthy person that I visualize myself being. But that sounds like hard work, man. Isn't there an easy button? Like, isn't there a done for you solution where I could just write a check and it all gets better? No, there is no done for you solution. The solution is you got to get the work. A lot of people struggle with this. So many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it. And then there's a select few that actually do it. And so what we work with our clients through is getting to that point of being that select few where they can actually execute on the plans that they have. The plans aren't rocket science, right? We all know what to do. If you want to improve in an area, you continue to practice in that area. You continue to develop yourself in that area. And as you're putting those hours in, as you're putting that time in, you begin to improve. You know what to do. But a lot of people need support in the how and execution. Wow. Okay, 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 okay. But before we get to the how, before we get to the execution, we got to visualize. Why is that part important? Man, to me, seeing is believing. So in that first step, you've identified the gaps. You've said that, hey, this is who I want to be. This is the life that I want, but this is the life that I have. And something's not lining up. So you begin to visualize yourself succeeding at the life that you want. Right. Visualize. So in the engineer's blueprint for balanced life, you're looking at a person who may be visualizing they're able to spend more time with their family. They're visualizing family vacations. They're visualizing getting the promotion at work or the bonus at work and being able to go on family vacations where they can be fully present with their family, not checking their email, not thinking about work, but fully present in the moment with their family and you begin to visualize that that becomes the picture of that balanced life. And the thing is, is that there's no one size fits all for success. There's no one size fits all for work-life balance. 
there's no one size fits all for what we describe as a balanced life. But you have to define what success is for you. And part of visualizing that is you define success and then you visualize yourself having the balanced life that you want. Okay, so that sounds super woo woo. Like, are you, what qualifies you to talk about this, man? Is your brother a shaman or something? Like, where, oh, where whatever, did this stuff man. come from? <laughs> no, what qualifies me? So, over the past 20 years, you know, I've worked in leadership as a professional engineer in the private and the public sector. And I've really noticed that a lot of people struggle with this work life balance issue. A lot of guys, like you said, are trying to provide, they're putting their all in their work and things are not going well at home. And then you have the opposite where folks are doing the things that they need to do at home, but work quite isn't living up to their expectations. They're not really pursuing growth at work. They're not pursuing what it is they would want to do. The thing that would also kind of uh, light their fire. And so I've observed this, but I've also pushed through it. And I've been able to create, you know, a career of my dreams, a business that I love and a family situation and a life situation that I'm absolutely delighted to have. You know, I have two kids, they're teenagers now, lovely wife, great situation here at the house, a thriving career, a thriving business. I just absolutely believe that you can have it all. Now, it's not going to be easy. There are going to be sacrifices. Have there been things that I've sacrificed along the way in order to be available for my family, to be able to be here, to be present, to take my kids to the doctor's appointments, to take them to piano lessons, to make sure that I'm able to travel internationally for work or to travel internationally or do things for coaching sessions? Absolutely. There are always sacrifices that need to be made. But what I'm saying is that you can structure your life so that you can have success both professionally and personally. You don't have to choose. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you're telling me I don't have to choose, right? But Everybody that I'm competing with is doing 80 hours a week. They miss all the recitals. They miss the games. They're letting their business run their life instead of their life run their business, right? So I'm just going to be the odd man out and just go do whatever. Like, how do you get to a place where people actually respect your schedule outside of work? Well, (laughs) first, you have to respect your own schedule, number one. If you respect your own schedule, people will begin to respect your schedule. So if you show up on time, do what you're supposed to do from a work perspective, and when you have those family gatherings, those outings, those recitals, those things that really mean a lot to you, put it on your calendar. Don't be shy. Put it on your calendar. Let everybody know this is what you're doing. This is who you are. As you do what you're supposed to do, What I found, at least in my life, is that things begin to conform to the schedule that I have in place. Okay. All right. So I'm going to take some liberty here and assume that you've walked down the engineer blueprint, this four-step process you got here, where Mm -hmm. you figure out what matters most, you visualize, you plan, and then you execute. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. Okay. Absolutely. This The blueprint's based on my life. Okay. So- Tell me about prioritization. What are your priorities and how did you figure out that were your priorities? 
Ooh, you know, part of prioritization for me is thinking about that first step in the blueprint, what matters most, and then making sure that what matters to me lines up in my schedule. So if you were to look at my schedule, you would see, you know, very first thing in the morning, I'm getting up, I'm having some time in meditation, some time reading the Bible, really working on my inner person from a spiritual perspective. Then you would see a time for working out. I go work out, come back. The next thing you'll see is taking the kids to their summer programs or taking the kids to school. There'll be some focus on learning from a coaching perspective or actually some coaching sessions. And then you'll see some things from my day job on the calendar. And then you would see the afternoon. Let's go pick up the kids, do some kids' family activities. Let's have family dinner, spend some time with my wife, come back, do some more learning or activities that are really trying to prepare me for that next day. And then I'm going to sleep. And I'm getting up and I'm going to start all over again the next day. And that's really like clean. What about all the other stuff like friends and I I don't know, eating out? Like what about all the TV? Like what about all that stuff? (laughs) You know, those things have their place. Um, There are times in the schedule that I'll make an appointment for my friends, right? I'll block off some time to say this is going to be the time that I'm going to talk and do such and such. You know, you asked me earlier if, How do you get other people to respect your schedule? You have to respect it yourself. And it doesn't mean that you're time blocking to the point where you don't have time to spend with other people or relationships, but you have to be true to what your priorities are. And so if your priorities for next week is, you know, I could say next week, I really want to make sure that I spend some time reconnecting with friends and friendships. Guess what? I'm going to put that in my calendar and I'm going to schedule that because at that time that becomes part of my priorities. You know, one of the things that we tend to do is that we say that this is my priority and it's going to stay there through the end of time. That's not true. Our priorities do change. Things are fluid. When we get to the point where we're thinking that things aren't fluid, that's one of the biggest mistakes that we can make. Oh, Okay, so oftentimes I talk to people and they're trying to live out the life that they created for themselves or they visualize for themselves when they're like eight or 10 years old and they're, you know, in their 30s, 40s or 50s. And so you're saying that today my priorities could be different than they were six months ago or a week ago. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I look at myself in the priorities that I had, let's say, 10 years ago are different than what I have right now. You know, 10 years ago, I didn't have a business. Now I have a business. Part of my priority is growing my skills and growing my business. Those things didn't exist in my calendar before. And if you go from month to month, you know, week to week, but let's go from month to month. Let's say, you know, this month, it's really about getting the website up, the new website up, and that's functioning. That's been a priority for me. And then working on the engineer's blueprint for a balanced life. That's been a priority for me. My next shift in terms of priorities is going to be doing some advertisements and getting the group coaching cohort that I'm planning on launching in September ready. 
So those things become priorities. And so it's not going to be, hey, let's tidy up the website. Let's make sure that everything checks out. It's going to be how can we continue to enlighten people to let them know that they can have success both in business and in life and being able to craft that message so that they can hear it and then join the group, right? You want to join the group, join your tribe so that we can grow fast together. Okay. So there's, when we set priorities, I guess it changes the way we allocate our time resource and probably our money as well. And you're saying we may need to join a different peer group. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You may need to join a different peer group. You know, one of the things that happens as you begin to grow is there are people in your life that are not growing with you. And some people will say, oh, you need to leave them behind. I tend to choose to look at it a slightly different way. That would be me. That would be me. I I tell them to leave them behind. You don't need them. Keep going. Yeah. And I understand it and I get that. But, you know, some people will have a sense of guilt about leaving people behind. You'll hear them continually talk about, well, I don't want to leave them behind. I don't want to leave them behind. So what I tell my clients is that you're not leaving them behind, but what you are doing is allowing them to exercise their free choice to stay where they are. You're not leaving them. They're choosing to stay. It's a subtle but slight difference in how we internalize that. I'm allowing you to do exactly what you want to do. I'm not judging you. I'm not saying, hey, you need to be like me. What I'm saying is that I'm moving forward and you're choosing to stay where you are and that's okay. Ah, so I'm going over here. You can come if you want to, but the boat's leaving the station. Yeah, the boat's leaving. Because I set a new priority for myself. Yes. This is getting deep, man. Okay, so a lot of us are seeking other people's approval. Right. We don't want to move unless other people are going with us. And, you know, some people may call it her mentality. You can use whatever word you want, but they're looking for their tribe to go with them. They're scared to leave the tribe they're in and potentially go into a new one or be exiled and so on and so forth. And what do you say to somebody who's wrestling with that? What do you say to the person who's scared that they may not have anybody to turn to as they go through this transition so that they can create the life that they want instead of being stuck in the existence that they've had. What's up, tribe? It's your host, Jerome. I just want to let you know that we put together a free 15-point checklist for exiting the matrix. Jump on over to dreamshouldbereal.com in order to pick your free copy up. Let's get back to the show. You know, that's a very good question. First, you know, I would tell you to accept it, right? Accept that you're struggling with this, accept that you have some fear dealing with this issue that you don't want to go it alone, but you don't want to be uncomfortable. You want to feel the comfort of your peer group saying, yes, we're here to support you. Yes, we can move and we can go together. And if you don't have that, it can be uncomfortable. So number one, acknowledge it. Don't try to fight it. Don't say, well, this isn't me and not. No, acknowledge that's really how you feel. Now that you've acknowledged how you feel, it is uncomfortable. The question that you have to ask yourself is how is that serving you? You know, if you stay where you are doing what you have been doing, will that get you where you want to go? That is the question. And if the answer to that question is no, 
then you have to really start thinking, okay, how am I going to get to where I want to go? And this is, to me, it's important. And we often kind of gloss over the whole process of developing a plan. Um, You know, we think about we're at point A, we want to get to point B, we can visualize being at point B, but there may be several steps that you need to take to prepare yourself for the person that you're going to be once you arrive at that point. And part of, you know, planning is really step-by-step helping you get there. It's not going to happen overnight. It doesn't happen. You don't blink your eyes and you're there, but you can get there. So, okay. The plan or the strategy is the how. You said most people don't know how to get Mm -hmm. the thing done. So when does the person raise their hand and say, I need help with the how? Because, you know, most folks who are high achievers, type A, they've already been successful. They're smart. They figured out a ton of things. If they look to the left and the right, they're doing better than their peers more often than not. But that still doesn't mean that they're happy with the way that their life looks. So when do they have to kind of get rid of the ego, right? And say, hey, I need some support. I need some help. What I would say for that is if you look at the areas, whatever it is, professionally, personally, that are not living up to where you want them to be. I encourage you to approach those areas from a position of curiosity, not the position of the expert. So a lot of the high achievers, we're used to approaching a situation, we're the expert. We know, we've achieved a lot of stuff. There's not much, nothing new for us to know. Want to lose weight? I know, I have to, you know, burn more calories than I eat. I want to, you know, go here. Okay, I'm going to go. Boom, I'm going to take this step. I'm going to take that step. And when you approach everything from the position of the expert, you leave no room for you to actually grow into who you need to be. You have to approach it from a position of curiosity and explore those issues from a curious place and say, okay, here's an area in my life that's not living up to what my own expectations are. No matter how hard I've tried, I've done the things that I know to do, it hasn't turned out. What are some other ways that I can approach this situation? Are there some people that I can talk to that can help me think about this situation differently? Because it doesn't matter if they raise their hand or not. What really matters is when they're ready to approach the situation from a different point of view. Okay, so... This goes back to your thing about GPS, right? And getting a different vantage point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to be able to get a different vantage point. I think on a podcast that we did, it must have been like two years ago, where we talked about, you know, when you're trying to get somewhere and you know the way to go, this is, I'm the expert, I know the way to go, but what you're not aware of are the things that's happening on along the roadway between where you are and the destination that you want to go to. And you're continuing to drive the same way that you've always driven, but you don't know that there's a roadblock. But then you get there and you're stuck in traffic and you're not able to get to your final destination. But when you have your GPS, when you have something that's guiding you, that's saying there's a traffic jam ahead, you need to go make a left instead of going right. You're able to navigate the issues to get your destination much easier than if you didn't have that. 
And, you know, for us, we try to really position ourselves as being part of that GPS system, being part of that system that can help guide you from where you are to where you want to go. There are certain roadblocks that come up consistently with clients that are dealing with this balanced life issue that are, you know, clients that are dealing with most issues. There are certain roadblocks that repeatedly come up. You know, one you mentioned earlier, it's I'm constantly comparing myself to my peers, but you don't know how your peers have defined success. Their definition of success may be different than yours. If your definition of success is being able to spend more time with your family, being able to have dinner with your significant other a certain number of days a week, then let that be your success. Don't follow other people's definition of success because you don't know what they have going on in all of the different areas of their life. Whoa. Okay. 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 (laughs) It's interesting, man, because I'm starting to look at my calendar and I'm seeing things like push on the stuff that I made priorities over the past year. And, you know, I recently implemented a day of rest, which condenses the amount of time that I have to actually do the work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's created additional pressure in a way that is forcing me to prioritize even deeper and cut more things if I truly am not going to allow things to spill over. And the thought of you respecting your schedule allows other people it sets the example for other people to follow is one that really cuts deep. Right. And you know, this family dinner thing and some of the other stuff where some people see it as frivolous and rigorous, others see it as ritual, right? Like there's this really high level of importance placed on it because of the experience that it creates for the people that are involved. It's interesting because I hear ritual And that doesn't resonate for me, but what does resonate for me is relationship, right? So when I think of family dinner, when I think of spending time with, you know, my kids, I think of just continuing to build and establish those rich relationships with my family. So I don't even think of it as a ritual or a habit. This is part of our relational process. This is part of how we continue to build relationships with each other, you know, because they're getting older, right? And pretty soon they're going to leave. They're going to leave the nest and they're going to go do their thing. And so if I'm not building a relationship with my wife, if I'm not building a relationship with my children while they're still here in the house, what's going to happen when they leave? Am I going to look at my wife and say, you know what? It was great. You know, I've known you for over 20 something years, but I really don't know who you are anymore because I haven't been taking the time to invest in a relationship because I've been working. Or am I going to say, you know what, honey, you know, the past 15 years were lost because I was doing a whole bunch of work and focused on earning money. Now I want to turn my attention to you. And that very well may be some people that are listening may find themselves, uh, you know, in that place. But what happens if at that time, your wife's attention is someplace else. It doesn't even have to be on somebody else, but just someplace else and not really interested in 
rekindling what you've allowed to slip away. Oh, so you're cutting them deep right now, like with a scalpel, like a deep cut with a scalpel. (laughs) No, I mean, you know, if you find yourself in that situation, that doesn't mean that you are at a point of no return, right? So you have a couple of situations. You have people that are maybe young family, they're high earners, they're reaching their peak earning potential, they're go-getters, they're pursuing things. The question that you need to ask yourself is how do you define success? Do you only define success by your professional pursuits? Or is there a place for your personal pursuits in there? And when I say personal, I'm your family, right? Or the you time, being able to develop you just for the sake of developing you to get into that personal development, not necessarily to develop a work skill, but hey, let's say you become a better listener. Let's say you're working on active listening or you're working on continuing to learn something new, a new language or music, those things that allow your brain to kind of walk in that creative space. So the thing that I'm taking away from this is it's on you. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's always going to be an individual choice. Which is when I come back and say, you don't have to choose between having success in your professional life over your personal life. You don't have to choose having a personal life over being successful from a professional perspective. Honestly, believe that you can have both. Well, and this is where we started, right? Yeah. We started there. This is your life, right? The four steps comes from you walking down this path. Right. You decided what was going to be important. And so I asked you the question. I shouldn't have stacked them. When did you set the priorities? You said, hey, they change. But when did you decide that you weren't just going to be, you know, a leader in engineering, but you were going to be a great father and have time to allocate to the boys? You know, that's a difficult one to answer because there are a lot of different layers. You know, looking back, I can see the different influences that even the experiences that I had with my father led me to approach being a parent a little bit differently. I mean, you know, my dad was great. He was an entrepreneur. I didn't even recognize the fact that he was an entrepreneur to many, many years later. He worked as an auto body worker. He welded the panels on 18 wheel trucks. And he also owned a small auto body shop. And we all worked at the shop. We were all going to the shop and he was always working. He worked his day job went to work in the evenings. And I always felt that he didn't have enough time to spend with me as a kid. Now, looking back, my dad spent a lot of time with us. It was great. I have nothing but respect for what he was able to do for our family. He passed in 1995, but I have nothing for great respect for the work ethic and things that he instilled you know, in me. I wouldn't be who I am if not him being you know, who he was. But what that did internalize for me is that I was going to make sure that I spent time with my family. But again, people can know the what, right, what I wanted to do, but I had no clue how I was going to do it and had no clue how I was going to do it. And so this gets to what you're talking about. So, you know, I'm working as an engineer. I get married. I want to make sure that I have time for my wife. And so I started prioritizing that time for my family. This is even before we had kids. 
before any of them came around, I started making scheduling that time, whether it was a date night, whether it was time for us to just spend going for a walk, whatever it was, I prioritized that time. Often what happens when we get into a groove, we allow things to slip and fade and we don't even know that they're slipping and fading. And so that time with her began to slip and fade. And I went into, I'm the worker guy. I'm the earner guy. Right. And then, you know, my wife gets pregnant. You know, we're expecting our first child. I have the opportunity to take a position up in Washington, DC. And, you know, I'm talking to my wife and I'm like, you know, this is going to be great. It's going to be a salary boost. Everything is going to be wonderful. It's going to work out. And she's like, but you're going to be gone a lot. And I made the decision at that time to take the job because I thought it was going to be the best situation long-term for our family. So I took the job, was going up back and forth to DC every day, right? I'm on the van pool. I'm gone. I come home, kiss my wife, see my child, you know, grab something to eat, go to sleep, get up. I'm back at it again. It's like Groundhog Day over and over and over again. So then my wife, you know, she goes back to work and we immediately get pregnant, you know, with our second child. And then my wife was put on bed rest. And when she was put on bed rest, you know, doctor was like, she needs to have somebody around to be able to help with the older child and to look after her. And so then I was able to work things out so that I became an offsite employee to work from home full time. And it was through that process where I began to say that, you know what, I'm not going to let this slip. I'm going to make this a permanent situation. I don't take working offsite to be a right, but it's a privilege And so what I did is I made sure that I got my work done and that I showed up professionally. And I also was here personally for my family. When my son was born, he was born at 26 weeks in a day. And so he was one pound, 14 ounces in the hospital, you know, in the NICU, had several surgeries, all kinds of things were going on, but I was here, right? I was able to be here. I was able to care for my son and be there for my wife and the, the, you know, the newborn son in the NICU. Like people don't always, you know, I'm typically a happy person and people don't always know what you have to go through or what you've gone through to get to where you are. But that was part of that. And if I had to go to DC, sometimes we make arrangements. I go to DC for meetings and I would come back and do what I needed to do. But it was through that whole time period that I began to institute and begin to say, I'm going to make sure that I have success both in business and in life. And I've absolutely been able to do that. You know, of course, you know, now my both sons are great. The one that was in hospital, he's doing fine. He's he'll be 13 in September. He's living, he's thriving. And we're all able to do lots of family activities together because I'm here and I'm present. And I talk a lot about the family part and I don't talk much about the work part. And it's not that the work part is not important because it is, you know, I've been able to manage, you know, several millions of dollars of applied research programs uh, for my job in Washington, DC. I've also started this coaching company 
a few years ago where we do coaching and leadership training. Now we're focused on uh, engineering clients and helping engineers succeed both in business uh, and in life. And so I've been able to do that and maintain the being present in the relationships that I have for my family. And so there was this, you know, I was absolutely floored and honored a few years ago to be selected as an outstanding young not even young, an outstanding alumni for at Virginia Tech where I got my doctorate. And I remember, you know, there and I'm listening to all of the other people and the accolades that they're getting for the accomplishments that they've had throughout their careers. And, you know, I'm there and the person who is introducing me, he wasn't there when I was at Virginia Tech, but he made a lot of phone calls and talked to a lot of people who have known me throughout the years. And, you know, he says, hey, you know, you can look at the program and see, you know, the accomplishments that James has had in uh, running these research programs, the accomplishments that he's made to the area of transportation. Uh, But the one thing that was clear when I talked to everybody in almost every stage of his career has been that he is a family person and that his family means a lot to him. And so it's not something that I've necessarily tried to be overt in doing. I'm just living my life and being me, but you can be recognized for what you do professionally and people still can see that you have a thriving personal life. All right. So there's somebody out there like, man, James, I don't believe this is real, but if it is, I need to find out more. Like, where do people go to catch up with you, hear about your journey, find out about any groups coming up? Like, what's the next step if somebody's like, you got what I need? The next step is, you know, connecting with me, right? You can connect with me through my website, betteryouforyou.com. The link is going to be provided in the show notes. And you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. But let's connect and have a discussion This is not a one-size-fits-all solution. And I say that to everybody that I talk to. This is not a, hey, I have a templated thing and you're going to go through this and everything is going to be okay. Because even within the four steps of the engineer's blueprint for a balanced life, there are going to be variations that each client has to take. There's going to be things that each client has to do in order to define and achieve success. And so if you want to have that conversation, If you want to have a guide to help engineer your success, then I'm here. I'm here for you. That's awesome. So better you for you, ladies and gentlemen, better for you for you.com where you can find out more about James and throwing out some content on LinkedIn. He's challenging some folks there as he's challenging folks today. If I'll tell you, he's not the person for you if you don't want your current thinking to be challenged. (laughs) But if you're really serious about change, if you're really serious about being able to prioritize what you really find and feel is important and then do a check and make sure that it's there, that you're actually living that out. And you know that you aren't, right? You know that you aren't allocating those resources the way that you should. And then you want to visualize it so that you can help craft a plan that's going to give you what you need in order to execute against. Because, you know, people can go take action with the wrong strategy end up with a very different outcome from what they desire, or they can get some support 
And this is where you got to get out of the ego. You got to get out of the pride. You got to get out of the, I'm going to do it. And you got to raise your hand and get a little bit of help because you're going to get there faster. And, you know, we never know how much time we have. James' dad passed away early, had some scares with the kids when they were first being born. So you just never know how much time you have left. And any day that you go past today where you continue to live a life where you are not at your peak performance level is a day that is arguably wasted, right? You're not putting your family first and you say that's your top priority. You're not performing well at work because you're confused about how you're supposed to be spending your time or you're conflicted because you feel like you're, it's taken away from the things that you care about most. Wave your hand, jump up and down, scream, shout, send a smoke signal. But if you don't do anything else, make sure you get connected with James so he can help guide you through it. James, this has been phenomenal. Hopefully I don't have to wait two more years to get you back on the Dreamcatchers podcast because we've been on this thing since the beginning, back when we were doing, what is it, Clubhouse Calls before Clubhouse was a thing. Yeah. (laughs) No, uh, Jerome, thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, being able to talk on the platform. I love all you guys. Uh, You know, go and catch your dreams because there is a difference between a dream chaser and a dream catcher. And we want you to be able to catch your dreams. Man, he, he stole it right out of my mouth, man. This is the difference between a dream chaser and a dream catcher. Your dreams should be real. We'll talk soon. Thank you for joining the tribe today. We would love to hear from you. Please don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real. <laughs>